to the game. If you haven't been here before, this is where we take our Bibles and we make a proclamation. Pay attention to the fact that I'm saying proclamation because that is going to be very important by the time we get to the end of this lesson. Amen? Amen. So please repeat after me. This is our statement of faith. This, sorry. This is my Bible. It is the word of truth. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I am a believer and not a doubter. I am a doer and not just a hearer. I am humble before the Lord. I am obedient to the Lord. I am mature in the Lord. I am enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask with that you turn in your Bibles, and then I'm going to have everybody sit down. I apologize. I got you up so long. Got a little fired up. Please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of James. And we are going, if you got your phone, if you got a tablet, if you got your Bible, whatever gets you the word of God, make that thing swing. Amen? I'm going to the book of James, and I'm going to chapter 3, verse 10. I'll say it again. The book of James, chapter 3. Verse 10. Amen. And it reads, Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and open up with a prayer, but this prayer is going to be specific, so please pay attention as I'm saying it because I'm asking God to do something with our hearts here before we jump into this lesson. Amen. All right, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. Merciful God in heaven, we come before you right now first saying thank you, Father. We celebrate our anniversary of 27 years, Father God, but it's 27 years worth of days that you've allowed us to raise, Father God, and to see the light that you've created, that you've allowed this church to serve this community, that you've allowed our pastor to walk in his call, that you've allowed us all to grow through this church in so many ways. And Father God, as we go into this lesson, we ask and pray right now that you will pierce our hearts, Father God, that all that is old will be made new according to your will, Father God, and all that doesn't sit well in the heart, Father God, if it's not, if it is in alignment with your will, that it will sit correct by the end of this lesson, Father. We pray to lay it all down at your feet, and we pray to go before you now, and I pray to step back being will, and I pray, Father, you step forward and please take me over. In our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ's name, we pray and thank you. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Today, we're going to talk about something interesting. And the book of James really breaks this down in a great way. My objective this morning is to establish an understanding of the concept of a curse. Good. I didn't see too many spirits get quenched. God doing what he does. Specifically, my objective is to develop an understanding of how to be delivered from and how to no longer impress the removal of God's favor from ourselves. Okay? That is really important to understand when we talk about God's favor and the impression that we make upon ourselves and upon others. Amen? So I have a pet peeve. Sometimes I get up here and I go over those pet peeves, but I really want you to understand it's only for the glory of God. I have a pet peeve in the body of Christ, right? I love all my brothers and sisters the same. None of us are perfect. That especially mean none of us. <clears throat> but when we get into Christianity 
and we start talking about the word of God, there are certain things that we kind of avoid, right? We use this thing where we say, hey, um, I know this is in there, but we ain't going to really talk about this too hard today. Here's the problem I have with that. When we do that, we dismiss ourselves from the knowledge of what could be affecting us in the moment. That's problematic. Whenever you skip anything in the word, everything that is in the word is in there for a reason. It's specific. If you don't like the alignment of the books, that's fine. Go back before it got changed over and put it in the right alignment. Read it then. But everything that is in there is in there for a reason. And today I'm going to talk about the concept of a curse in regards to blessing. Because what we don't understand is any Christian, if you can say blessing, you should be able to say curse the exact same way without any angst ever hitting your heart. You should never be in fear of bumping into something like a curse. It's not the flu. It's not COVID. It's not SARS. It's not a bacteria. Right? We are spiritual beings with authority, and we're going to talk about that. And we need to understand what James is talking about when he talks about a, out of the same mouth, a blessing and curse should not come out. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into my first term, which is still in James chapter 3. So I'm going to ask you to join me in James chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, don't sweat it. We'll take care of it. And I'm going to make sure I read very clearly. Amen? So we're going to start at James chapter 3, and we're going to start at James and verse 3 of chapter 3. Amen? Amen. So, <clears throat> James chapter 3, verse 3. Before I, I, I do the reading, I'm sorry, I got everybody looking down. Before I do the reading, I want to give context. One of my big issues when we study the word of God is we don't use context all the time. That's a scary proposition for us as believers with the power and authority we have as believers in Christ. When I say context, this is something that I use. It's an old teaching skill I learned in about the third grade, right? My mother's a teacher. I have a family full of teachers. I grew up in the classroom. I was a teacher, uh, et cetera. It's an old English composition technique, right? It's called the five W's. Who, what, when, where, and why, okay? Very important. When I read the word of God, that is, this, I've been using that same process since I was a little kid. I've never had an issue in an English class ever in my life. And when I read the word of God now, who, what, when, where, and why. Amen? So, James chapter 3, verse 3, and it reads, <clears throat> excuse me. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. All they, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Excuse me. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. Pay close attention to that. And it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless, here's our main point, 
With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. So, let's hit this first. I am from New Orleans. There is nobody that is from New Orleans that has not been exposed to or around somebody that practices in things they shouldn't be practicing in. Now, I know I will not go deep into stuff that we don't need to get into in here, but just understand that. So when you grow up around that kind of stuff, I've been on Bourbon, I've been on Canal, I've been around, you see it, you can't help it, right? <clears throat> but one of the things that is really important to understand is our authority versus with blessings and curses. Because many of us don't have an understanding of what that actually is. So, <clears throat> excuse me, a blessing. When you define a blessing, it is a prayer asking for God's favor and protection. So when we pray and we say, Father God, please bless my brother. Father God, please bless my sister. Father God, please bless my children. Father God, please bless my life. Please bless my situation. What we are doing is, by our faith, we are asking God to please, through my faith, and because the veil has been torn through Christ's sacrifice, invoke your blessing upon what I'm praying for. So if I say, Father God, please bless Pastor Bolden, I'm saying, God, through my faith and belief in your power, please invoke favor upon Pastor Bolden in said situation. That's how it works. When my children walk out of the house, I always tell them, you are never not covered because I believe in what I pray for. So I ask God to place his hedge of protection upon my children when they walk out of the house because I'm trying to invoke God's favor and protection over them as they leave. I am one person. I cannot protect six people at a time, seven with my wife included because she's in those same prayers. I can't do it. But God can make the command to get it done. Now, when you look up the definition of a curse, watch what happens. A curse is defined as a supernatural force that works to bring harm and destruction to us. Pay close attention. And or hinder us from receiving the blessings of God. What did I just see here? What did God just show me in this moment? Curses are just the antithesis of blessings. That's it. Blessings are to ask God to invoke his favor. Curses are to invoke the interruption of that favor. It's to try to keep that favor from being upon you when you walk. Now, a lot of times we sit back and we say, well, now we're talking about blessings and curses here. Now, whoa, 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 now, whoa, slow down. Now, wait a minute. As any Bible-believing Christian, as we read this word, we got to understand, we have full control on how we dictate and deal with blessings and curses. Remember, notice I said both. I didn't just say run away from curses or deal with curses. I said blessings and curses. Amen? Amen. So, we got that down. How do I know this context? When James 
was saying blessings and cursing should not come out of the same mouth, he was not talking about cursing in the form of vulgarity. He, he wasn't talking curse words. If you understand anything about the book of James, or if you understand James, he's the half-brother of Jesus, he is a faith in action kind of guy. So his expectation, if you read the book of James, is that your faith should produce some type of external action. There should be change or internal change. He expects change to happen based on the things that you do, based on what you said you believe. You said you have faith, you should do this. So now he's also making a spiritual contrast between blessings and curses. Amen? Amen. So now, this brings us to the conversation of the tongue. The tongue is an important thing to talk about. You're going to see me do this a lot. Because when it comes to your tongue, it is an unruly beast. Not just your tongue, my tongue too. It is an unruly beast that cannot be permanently tamed. So I always have to be watchful of what comes from it. Because it's an unruly beast. Like, I guarantee, I'll say walking outside. I'm walking outside. Somebody shooting in the air. Straight bullet hit you. Wow! First word ain't coming to your mouth is blessings. You got to catch it. You got to catch yourself in what you say. Because you can't just tame your tongue to not do it. You can't tell your tongue you're not going to react. Brothers, you go home right now, your wife know right the pressure points to hit. She hit that pressure point. Before you have something controlled come out of your mouth, you got to catch it. Because the first thing that comes to your thoughts in your mind is not going to be, bless you, baby. That's not how it works. Sisters, your husbands know they get on your nerves. They don't try to push your points. They just do stuff to get on your nerves. Same thing. First thing coming out your mouth is, bless you, my wonderful husband. Nah, ain't nobody trying to hear that. <laughs> you better fix this now. Amen? So watch what you say. I'm going to turn. You don't have to turn there. I'll make sure I read it, and it's been on the screen behind me. But I'm going to turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 21. Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 21. And to kind of build it up as I'm going there, Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 21. Verse 21 kind of gives credence to what James is saying in this particular moment. Because you're going to see the, uh, the true power of the tongue in pretty much two sentences. Right? So Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it reads, here we go, real important, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Make sure I read that correctly because I started walking off. There it is. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So it becomes extremely important what we say. Death or life. James talked about this back in chapter in James chapter 3, right? He says, You are blessing and cursing men who are made in similitude to God. I, I won't go over the whole thing, but the last time God blessed me to be up here, we talked about that, right? We got flesh. We got a spirit, man. We got a Holy Spirit. We have he, the Holy Spirit, inside of us. We are made in similitude to God. If you don't understand the fact that you are a spiritual being, it is hard for you to understand the authority behind your words. 
Because when it comes off your tongue, based on what we're getting ready to talk about here in a second, you can give it authority spiritually to affect somebody. That's what he's talking about with blessing and cursing. You have to understand your makeup and who you are in the kingdom of God to understand that what you say can impress something, whether that be blessing, favor, or to try to block God's favor. Amen? Amen. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why a dog popped up on my watch, but we're not getting one. All right, so. <laughs> so I apologize. My kids, my, my wife and kids have been messing with me about that. <clears throat> so the importance of watching what you say is not just important for others, but it's important for our it's important for ourselves. And we're gonna talk about that here in a second. The realization is we have people walking around with curses upon them that through the power of their words and faith, they have placed upon themselves. I'm going to say that again. We have people right now sitting with curses upon them, I'm going to prove it, based on what they said and gave authority to because of their makeup as a spiritual being. And the reason I have such an issue when we avoid the topic is if I don't understand the authority that comes from here, how can I fix the problem? That's like saying, I'm, I'm in a lot of pain, but I ain't going to no doctor. That makes no sense. You can't diagnose it. Or you would already say what it was. Right? But, hey, talking, talking to you, brother, talking to me, I'm talking to all of us. Because we'll sit there in pain. Ow, 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 ow. Now, baby, I'm straight. Just give me some tea. I ain't say you got to take the medicine, but at least get it diagnosed. And spiritually, we don't like to do those things. I'm sorry, I'm going to take this off for a second because it's bothering the mic. Amen? So... Let's talk about the concept of a curse, and I'm going to just give a little credence to something that Jesus said about the power that comes from our tongues just to emphasize that authority. Because a lot of times, we think when we say stuff, ah, it's all cool, they'll get over it, it's not going to be a problem, blah, blah, blah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Matthew, you don't have to turn there, Matthew chapter 12, and I'm going to verse 37, but I'm going to read a tree known by its fruit. This is Christ talking to the Pharisees. He says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give, a, give, of it in, give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. That's a big deal because... Christ is emphasizing the importance of our words. 
All right. So I feel like I kind of I, I kind of beat that one to death, but I did it on purpose. Right. Because God has really been on me about the tongue. I want to read a piece that's really important to understand that James said, and I'm reading from James 3, 4. You don't have to read it. Just listen. Look also at ships. Think about how big a ship is. Now think about your life. Think about how big your life is. Although they are so large and driven, driven by fierce winds, ships are driven by winds. We are driven by the things in our lives. They are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. So when you speak it the right way, you turn it the right way. When you speak your life the right way, you turn it the right way. But you got to give authority to what you speak. But I'm going to hit that, I'm going to hit that here in a second because a lot of times, like, I'm going to give you an example. Somebody come up right now and they don't like nothing I'm saying right now and they jump out these stands and they be like, curse you, man. It got nothing to do with me because I don't believe it. By faith, I, I don't receive it. I didn't believe nothing you said. Like, I know the authority that I've been given. So go about your business. All right? You know, wild out, get you some water on the way out. You know what I mean? Like, we, we good. So, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Talking about in reference to our lives or anything. See how great a forest, great a forest, a little fire kindled. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, and we read the rest, right? So, let me get to my second point when we talk about these cursings, this curse concept, right? Stay with me. Don't, don't let the spirit clinch. There's all kind of stuff out there if you want to read the books and all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to deal with three categories today. Three categories. I'll put a two fingers. Three categories of curses. Word curses. Generational curses. We've all heard of that. Occultic curses. That's the one most people are scared of when they got the trailer for the scary movie on the TV. Amen? Real deal. Like, I'm not going to sit here in front now. When I was walking down those New Orleans streets at times, I'm sorry, Mom, I know you're just finding out about this. When I was walking down those New Orleans streets during Mardi Gras and doing my thing and I'm running around and me and my boys, we used to all meet up. we meet up on Canal Street. This was the, this is what we did, right? We were teenagers. we meet up on Canal Street. we wait till it got dark. When it got dark, that's when we went on bourbon. We hung out on bourbon from dark to sunset go home, go to sleep, right? But during that time that you're walking those streets, it's New Orleans. New Orleans got some practices. So you could literally see people walking in droves. This is not a joke. I'm gonna start from over here. This is not a joke. Because the shops would be set up on the street. You could see people, yeah, man, yeah, man. I don't care how drunk they were. Yeah, man, yeah. Yeah, man, yeah, man. <laughs> Because they were scared of the occultic. They, they knew. They, they didn't have to be believers for that. They was like, nah, I believe in that. So, when we talk about word curses, generational, and occultic, right? All are important to understand, but because we're focusing on the power of the tongue today, here's what I really want to put an emphasis and focus on. All are important to understand, but especially the concept of word curses. The average person can speak around two to 5,000 words a day. That's important. Because if, because of the spiritual being you are, you're speaking two to 5,000 words a day. If what's coming from your tongue is not 
glorifying the God and it is evil. And then by your faith, you believe what you said. Right. And then you speak it on somebody. And then here's the kicker. By faith, they start to believe what you said. Then you have just given the invocation of a curse onto somebody. I'll say it again. If you speak two to five thousand, we, all of us, speak two to five thousand words a day. And the things that we're speaking are evil. And when we say those things and impress them upon them, you're stupid. You're dumb. You know, even if you want to go to the vulgarity, if you want to get real serious with it, think about how vulgarity is set up. I'm not going to get crazy with it, right? Blank you. Blank this. It's an impression. You ain't speaking it on yourself. You ain't saying blank me. Blank this. You are invoking and impressing something upon them. Now think about that. If it is evil and you have the authority within you to bring things to life or to destroy them through your faith, and then the person on the other side said, maybe I am. That's how the curse gets on. If we don't understand the power of this thing right here, we're going to struggle. That's why I never like to hear somebody call themselves dumb. I never like to hear somebody say, I'm stupid. I never like to hear somebody say, I can't. I don't agree with you. Because by my faith, I know God didn't make me like that. I know by my faith, God didn't make you like that. So I can't receive nothing you got to say right now. You can keep talking. You can keep trying to impress it upon yourself. That's on you. But by the authority God has given me, I speak life to you right now. Get out. I'm going to share a true testimony. This happened uh, recently. I had a family member. They came and they stayed by my house for a little bit over the summer. And it was a child. And when they got there, something happened and God had me preparing for this. So he had me like overly prepared to experience and have this happen. He got there, you know, doing his thing, gets to the room. We get his little pallet laid out in the room with the kids. You know, it's like when you're sleeping over by somebody's house. You know what I mean? Everybody didn't have two or three bunk beds, so you, you get in that floor spot. So, you know what I mean? We lift up the blankets. My man get on the floor. And as I'm walking out the room, I tell everybody, all right, good night. I'm walking out the door. And I got hit with, I'm scared of the dark. I said, oh, yeah? I mean, that's a normal thing. I was like, but you'll be okay. I'm going to have the, the bathroom light on in the hall, but I ain't really trying to keep it on all night. You know what I'm saying? That's like 15 cents a minute. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so I, I said, hey, we're going to have, we'll have the light on in the hallway. You'll be good to go. But then he proceeded to tell me something that I wasn't prepared for. He started to speak, well, I have this, so it affects my sleeping. And I have night terrors and this. And I have this. And I have this. And I didn't want to cover the little dude's mouth because that's not my place, right? Like, he's he just getting to know me like that. So I'm like, I'm not going to put my hand over your mouth. But I say, stop. You get up. I say, here, what's going to happen? You're going to go to sleep. You're going to get a good night rest. You'll be good to go. Oh, okay. 
put his head on the pillow. I ain't hear from him until the next day. <laughs> but, to, but to keep it real, because it's not just others. My son came to me the other night. He's like, Pop, I can't sleep. I'm having a bad dream. I'm dreaming about these things. And I was like, oh, yeah? And normally what we used to do is the old school stuff, do the old tricks. My mom used to do it for me, so I ain't going to sit here in front. My mom would sit there and get a little Bible, and she'd put the Bible under my pillow, and then she'd put my head down on the pillow, and I'd be like, oh, man, I'm good now because the Bible got me covered. And I realized <laughs> it's a book, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I put my head down on the pillow, and I wake up the next morning like, man, I was covered by the Bible, you know. <laughs> Forget God and Jesus, you know what I mean? Like, so, the... But, but my, that's my mom taking care of me, right? So my son comes to me, and, and honestly, part of me almost got up to do the same thing. I was about to get up, put my arm around him. Come on, my little man. I'm going to go help you. We're going to pray together. We're going to do this. We're gonna do. And God said, man, you better sit yourself right there. Talk to him right now. Speak what I would have you speak. So glory be to God. We sat there, and I said, yo, repeat after me. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to rest. No spirits, no demons, no anything can come and affect me. I will get a good night's rest. I'll wake up in the morning. I'll be good to go. Brother woke up after me. Didn't hear from him again that night. Gone. I didn't even have to peek in the room because God didn't have me to do it because he spoke authority to his situation. Whatever was bothering you, hey, man, you don't need dad to do it. Dad got faith. When I say it, I'm going to do it. But you say it for yourself. Say it for yourself. And if you wake up in the morning or if you wake up again throughout this night, don't worry about it. My, my faith could have it because my faith is in Christ and I know who God blessed me to be through him. But you got it too. So you speak your speech. Don't worry about what I speak. Just repeat after what I say. I'm not even going to speak it. That's yours. Brother ain't wake up again. Gets up the next day fully rested. I know. I saw the drool. So the thing you have to watch out when you deal with these categories of curses, and I'm talking a lot about words because it's important. We don't realize that we impress or invoke God's favor or removal of that favor based on what we say. But even more important on what we say, we have the ability to invoke it across the lineage of our families based on what we say. Think about this. Tell me if you ever heard it before. Oh, his daddy was the same way. His granddaddy was the same way. His great-great-granddaddy was the same way. He ain't going to be nothing but another little... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Something's wrong there because you believe that. Not you, but the person who says that believes that. When they say it, they believe it because they didn't seem to go through your lineage, right? So what happens if the person who hears it accepts it? It continues down the lineage. But how many of you in here right now, and most of you know you got a testimony, you've seen things happen through your lineage? And you spoke without thinking anything spiritual about it. I ain't accepting that. When you said you wasn't accepting it, you saw the breakage. Because now everybody else looking at you like, why are you different? Why do you operate different? My great-great-granddaddy got divorced. My great-granddaddy got divorced. My, my great-grandma got divorced. No, 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 no. I don't accept that. I speak with authority that the curse of divorce is rebuked. Bye-bye. Then you walk your walk. How many of you have been through a situation that when you spoke life to it, it changed? Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. 
the concept of word curses are important because they can establish generational curses. Those same word curses can establish occultic curses. Much of that stuff is built off what is said. You ever watch some of those demonic movies? They try to speak to the things that's in there. What we have to understand is the world doesn't change because we're in the year that we're in. They study our concepts. They just don't believe them. I'm not going to steal this because it wasn't mine. But me and uh, Minister Wayne were talking the other night, and, man, he said something that just, pow, it hit home for me. He said, Will, the reason people, the reason that people who operate in those demonic forces and occultic and speak curses and do all that stuff, the reason they're so effective in the Christian community when they decide to come over and give their lives to Christ is because they've seen the power that their faith can operate in on the bad side as well. So they have no doubt about what they can do on the good side. Like, that ain't mine. That's Minister Wayne. But we were talking about that, and I said, man, you know, I ain't going to kick nothing in the man barbershop, you know, get, get stabbed with some scissors or something. But it, it was perfect because they understand the authority and power behind their words, whether they're imparting a curse or whether they're imparting a blessing. They can, if they can do it under the power of evil, why can't we? So, I kind of hit on that hard. I try to, try to ham, hammer that in too, but let's get to another uh, transition. Here's the big part. Deliverance from and avoidance of the curse is in the understanding of what empowers it. I've kind of hit on it multiple times, but I want to make sure I read Galatians 3, 13 and 14 to get full understanding to what I'm talking about here. So I'll be talking to, sorry, I'm going to the book of Galatians and I'm reading from chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. I'll give you a few seconds to get there. Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. All right, and it reads, Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 through 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Here we go. Pay close attention to this sentence. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Our faith is an important aspect of our lives. It affects what we receive and what we hinder. We have the ability, the ability to tell God we don't want your favor. We have the ability to ask God and say, we believe in your favor. It is your choice. But it's through your faith. My faith in Christ and the veil being torn allows me to know that I can talk directly to my father and say, Father, through your power, please impress upon me your favor. And let that favor bleed to my wife. And let that favor bleed to my children. And let that favor bleed to my work. And let that favor bleed to my health. And let that favor bleed to anything 
something that I'm missing because you know better than I do. But I also have the ability through my faith to be like, God, please bless me. Yep. <sighs> no. That's not how it works. You don't say that you believe that he can do it and then walk away believing he can't do it because he ain't do it as soon as you ask for it. It's our faith that empowers these things. But when we start avoiding the conversations of blessings and curses and, oh, I don't want this to get on me and that to get on me, I guarantee you, COVID is far closer to you than a curse in this building. Because I guarantee you, in here, none of us are like, oh, a curse is about to come upon me because somebody said it. Brother Charlie told me that I got to do this. But if you don't believe what Brother Charlie said, you don't impress that upon yourself. Or you have the power to rebuke whatever he said. Not, you know, Brother Charlie wouldn't do that, but you get what I'm saying. Amen? Amen. So, talked about faith. Uh, whether that's a curse or a blessing. You do not have to carry the burden of a curse if by your faith you choose not to. If by faith, oh, I lost it. If by faith you have the power to receive, you also have the power to rebuke, just as the invocation is by faith. And that brings me to the statement of faith. We made an invocation. We made a statement with our tongues through our authority when we said this. I am what it says I am. I can do what it's saying. I didn't say I might be able to do it. I didn't say maybe I can do it. I said I can, I will, I have done. Bow. Through authority, I said it. It was done. Amen? Amen. So now, I'm going to read this, but then I'm going to talk to us here at home. I'm going to talk to Striving too. Because it's our anniversary. All right, so. If the ship is your life and the tongue is the rudder, your tongue, given the proper authority, has the ability to ruin your life. Here's what we need to understand. Even here in striving, in anything we do, when we speak here at striving, we need to be careful what we say. Because one of the things God has been impressing upon me about this curse thing, and I don't, I don't have a long transcription of it or anything like that, but he's really been impressing upon me. Curses are attached to your habits. If you have a habit of speaking evil in the abundance of a man's heart, if you have a habit of speaking death, then you're going to speak death. If you have a habit of speaking life, you're going to speak life. It's in your habits. If you have a habit of talking down to your family, then you're going to pass it. If you have a habit of defiling your body, you're going to defile it. But if you have a habit of asking for God's blessing, you're full of blessing. If you got a habit of speaking life, you're full of life. If you got a habit of speaking greatness upon the generations of people and rebuking curses and all that, everywhere you go, life follows because it's all tied into your habits. That's when we get into the whole self-talk. You know, we start talking to other people. See, that mental health thing, like, I, I mean, that's why I always relate it to the spiritual thing. I know I don't, like, want to cross the lines of any uh, mental health counselors or anything like that, but I always kind of talk, for me personally, Wilborn, it ties back to spirit. You got to, got to, got to have your spirit together because it affects your mind. It affects your mind. 
So if I have a habit of putting myself down mentally, I'm eventually going to give authority to one of those bad habits I speak. Amen? Amen. So striving, year 27, as we continue forward, let's mirror check ourselves. I'm talking about every one of us. And even if you're not a member of striving, still do it. Because your tongue is the rudder. It can affect your life. Spirit check yourself to ensure you're not passing on bad habits. Amen? In closing, God has shown that curses are attached to habits. He's shown me that we have the right to steer our lives in the directions that we choose. I'm not asking you to go out here and do this grand study, buy books on curses and buy books on blessings or anything like that. I'm asking you as, as a body of believers, and I'm asking myself, understand what they are so that you don't fall or have something impressed upon you because you didn't understand what it was from the beginning. That's all it is. Amen? Every person that's been through anything don't know the full transcription of it, but they know what it is, they know how to get away from it, and then they move on. That is how we give fullness to ourselves as believers. Amen? Amen. I'm done. I have four appeals. Hey, Ms. Randolph.